Amen. I'm looking forward to the concert this afternoon. Good morning, friends. I'm so glad you're, you're here worshiping with us on Palm Sunday as we begin Holy Week and, and do hope that you'll join us for certainly for the concert this afternoon, but for our, our services this Holy Week. Um, Maundy Thursday, our, our Maundy Thursday service is one of my favorite services of the year um, and just the power and the, the beauty in that, in that service as we, we hear the passion story. And of course, on, on Easter next Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Our second lesson today is the Palm Sunday story. Uh, this, this year we'll be hearing it from Matthew's Gospel. So I invite you to listen for God's word from the Gospel of Matthew, the 21st chapter, beginning with the first verse. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this. The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had directed them, they brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This weekend, um, I, I had the joy of going to a wedding and officiating a wedding. I, I had to travel for it. So um, I, I got to be in a, a situation that I'm not in very often these days, and that is in an airport, which I always forget just how crowded those places can be. I realized something about crowds this weekend. Crowds can be really disorienting places, can't they? When you're in a crowd, whether in my case waiting for the Cinnabon to open, or if you're waiting to get on the plane or get off the plane, you find yourself bunched in a crowd and you're so focused on your own, I mean, survival might be a little strong of a word to use, but you're so focused on that moment and not stumbling over yourself or bumping into someone that you're, you kind of lose track of what's going on, what else is going on around you. Crowds can be really disorienting places, really, really disorienting experiences. And I think that's a bit of what we see in our lesson today. Because the Palm Sunday story is a story about a crowd. See, Jesus orchestrates this, this crowd experience, this parade experience. And the beginning of the lesson talks about Jesus orchestrating it just right. Telling two of his disciples to go and find a donkey and a colt and to bring them uh, to him. If anyone asks you anyone or gives you any problem, just say, hey, the Lord needs them. So they get the donkey, they get the colt, they put cloaks on them. 
And then Jesus rides on them. And they go into Jerusalem. They, they throw down their, the, the disciples and, and others gathered, throw down their cloaks. They cut branches from the trees as Jesus rides over top of them. And they all shout, Hosanna, save us in Aramaic. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna to the son of David. So Palm Sunday is a story about a crowd. But the way I always think about Palm Sunday is it's a story of tension. It's a story with deep tension laden throughout. And, and Matthew's gospel does a great job of underlining this tension. In fact, he, he, he straight up says there's tension in it when he says that the whole city, as Jesus comes into, into it, the whole city is in turmoil. The Greek word there is seo. It's the very same word Matthew will use to describe the earthquake that happens after Jesus' uh, death on the cross. Seo means to, uh, to tremble, to quake, to shake, to be all kind of messed up and mixed up and thrown about. That's how the, the, the crowd is described. That's how the city is described as Jesus enters. And what is this tension? What is this turmoil all about? Well, Matthew gives us that too. It's found in the question they shout out. Who is this? Who is this guy that's just walked in on a donkey and a colt and had this big processional shouting Hosanna to the son of David? Who is this guy? Now, you can't really blame the crowd for feeling this way. See, this is a processional meant for a Messiah, meant for the, the promised king to come. So there were a whole lot of expectations in the first century at this time of just who this Messiah would be. Now, we get one of those expectations because that's what the crowd responds. This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. That certainly was one of the expectations. People believed, some people believed at the time that the Messiah would be this recoming of the, the prophet Elijah. Somebody that would come and bring radical revolution to the city, bringing about new, uh, newness and change and, and overcoming the Roman Empire. This prophet would be a radical zealot. And that's one of the expectations at work. There's another one, and it's found in the text as well. Hosanna to the son of David. It was also believed by some that the Messiah would be a king. The next great king in the line of David and Solomon, the glory days of Israel. This king would come and bring those days back and would do so by force. This war king would overthrow the Roman Empire who's occupying their territory and bring about a new peace in the land. So all these and more are the expectations that are thrown upon this Messiah. And so when a parade fitting of the Messiah is thrown, you can't blame the crowd for shouting out, who is this? As I said, crowds can be disorienting experiences. So they're a little mixed up on what's going on and who this guy is. They have trouble seeing just who Jesus is because of the crowds. But we can't just blame it on the crowds because we do this today too. 
followers of Jesus today, no matter where you find yourselves on an ideological spectrum or otherwise, we all have this tendency of limiting just who Jesus is. We all have a tendency of thinking Jesus thinks just like we do, has the same uh, ideas on issues in the world that we do, that Jesus loves the same people that we do. Such an idea of who Jesus is is limiting. It's confining, and we like to do that as, as Christians, don't we? Regardless of where we find ourselves, we all do this in some way, shape, or form. Limiting just who God and Christ for us can be. But there's something else, too, that makes us have trouble seeing Jesus. We also have trouble, and we also ask, who is this, whenever something horrible happens in the world? Much like we saw with the Covenant School this week and the horrific shooting there. When horrible things like that happen, we ask, where is Jesus in this? We ask, who is Jesus that would allow such a horrific, awful, unspeakable thing to happen? Like the crowd on Palm Sunday, we're left confused, confounded, perplexed. Who is Jesus? Who is this? As I said, Palm Sunday is a story about tension. And Jesus himself adds to this tension, so... Um, he, he's definitely in the know on this. Did you notice how I said that in Matthew's gospel, and this is unique to Matthew, Jesus comes into the city on a donkey and a colt? Once you can get over the kind of comedic image that that is of a grown man straddling a donkey and a colt and riding into the city, uh, which I always have a little chuckle at myself, once you get over that, that kind of funny image, it makes you think, or it certainly made the people then think too, because those animals have very different representations. A donkey was seen as a strong animal, a loyal animal, a dependable animal. Riding on a donkey was, was what one would expect of a king or a, a, a victorious general to ride on going back into the city after victory. But a colt, the humble, meager, small animal. So there are these two kind of conflicting images with these two animals. But there's something else about the colt. The fact that it is a colt that had never been ridden means that it's an animal that was um, means that it was an animal that was fitting to use for religious purposes. So then we have the donkey, who's for, for a king or a warlord or a, a, a victorious general, or the donkey, or the prophet, the revolutionary. Jesus is kind of fueling both of these things with, with this imagery here. Do you see that? If you add to that what Jesus will do when he reaches the city, when he goes into the temple and flips over the tables of the money changers in the temple... You could see that Jesus himself is fully adding to this tension, to this turmoil. And why do you think that is? Well, if we're reading throughout the whole gospel, it shouldn't come as much of a surprise. Throughout the gospel, Jesus will continuously do something. He'll heal someone or have a very profound teaching. And then what does he tell them? Don't tell anyone about this. Known as the messianic secret. 
It's a very mysterious thing that Jesus does, and the best answer that pastors like myself and scholars have given to it is that the messianic secret is Jesus' way of showing that we can't fully know who he is until his death on the cross and his resurrection from the tomb. So if you want the whole sermon in like 10 seconds, who is this? Keep reading and we'll find out soon enough. The God we know in Christ can't be fully known. We can certainly glimpse things about Jesus through his teachings and healings, but we can't fully know, and in the parade at the time, couldn't fully know who Jesus was until he is arrested, until he is crucified and dies, and then ultimately rises again. See, this is the Jesus that cannot be confined to the world's expectations for him. Instead of, of uh, a warrior king in the line of David that comes to defeat Rome by force, the God we know in Christ, the Messiah we know in Christ, marches right into the city, marches right to his own arrest and death. Now, Jesus will flip tables, but that's about as revolutionary of a thing as he does. Instead of, of zealousness or, or anything like that, he, he tries to, to lead by peace, to bring about peace instead of revolution. The God we know in Christ, the Messiah we know in Christ, cannot be confined to the world's expectations for him. And not only can he not be confined, he transcends every expectation that we have for him. And that goes for us today as well. The God we know in Christ is far more loving, far more inclusive, far more radical than any of our ideas, any of our confining uh, imaginations can, can make for him. The God we know in Christ marches right into Jerusalem to face his own arrest, crucifixion, death, that he might rise again and defeat the suffering, evil, and death that he has taken head on. Friends, when horrific things happen in our world as they did this week, we know exactly where Jesus is. It's at moments like that that we know Jesus marches right into the city, right into our world to be there with us, to be there with the community suffering, to comfort us, to give us love. But not just that, to, to take these very things, these very evils and sufferings and even death itself, to confront it head on, that it might one day be defeated and no more. Friends, we know just who this Jesus is because we know the story and we know where our story will go. We know that soon enough the crowd shouting Hosanna will shout crucify him. But it is through this, this passion that we see our Lord on the other side of the empty tomb, defeating death, evil and sin once and for all. Friends, the place where we know who Jesus is for us and it's clear is the best place that we, uh, the best glimpse that we have of who Jesus is is every time we gather at our Lord's table. Because friends, no matter what we might be facing in this life, no matter what we might be struggling with, no matter what evils we feel are overcoming our world, we know that no matter what, Jesus meets us here at this table in this place in this time, bringing us together not only with Christ, but with one another. 
And as Christ meets us here, he also feeds us here, strengthening us, nourishing us, that we might go out into the world to stand up and speak out for a world that's safer, for a world that's more loving, more inclusive. 